podcast in like six weeks, which is a long time. Everything pretty much for the last month and a half has been pre-recorded. It was a, it was crazy. I recorded like four episodes in one day and then like another two the following day. It was a lot. I didn't have a voice, but I really wanted to just spend, like have some downtime over the holiday and like not have to worry about recording and scheduling and editing and all of that. So I pre-did, pre-recorded so many episodes and like now we're here and I feel kind of weird. What do I say? Um, I feel like it's just kind of like getting, like riding a bike. Like even if you don't ride a bike every day, once you get back on, you're just kind of like, okay, here I am. <laughs> it just works. So hopefully that's what podcasting is like. Um, I hope everyone had a wonderful holiday season, whatever you decided to do, whether it was spend time with your friends or spend time with your family or spend time with no one and you just wanted to be by yourself. That's cool too. I really did miss being on social media, which is what we're going to talk about. Talk about two things. One is my social media break and two, one of the books that I read while I was on my break called Why She Buys by Bridget Brennan. Brennan? Brennan? B-R-E-N-N-A-N. Brennan. I'm so bad at pronouncing last names and first names. Um, anyway, so first of all, if you guys are not following me on Instagram, go follow me on Instagram at livingbrilio. I'll include the link down below. Um, because I'm back and I'm like posting Instagram stories and I find that they are somewhat valuable, hopefully to you. I just posted one about how I schedule out my weeks and I think people really found that helpful. So if you're not following along, make sure to go do that. Number two, make sure to hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening on. And if you feel inclined, leave me a little rating a little star review it helps the podcast so so much and lastly if you guys are not part of my email list my insider email list I feel so lame calling it that you want to be an insider of VIP (laughs) no but really I send out a weekly email kind of recapping what each podcast episode was about and also throwing in some helpful tips and tricks about Pinterest and online business. If you guys are not signed up for that, make sure to do so. The link is going to be in the episode description here. And I'm also going to send you some tips and tricks on how to find your the best Pinterest keywords so you can actually get your content found on Pinterest because keywords are important. Pinterest keywords are kind of like the equivalent of the internet's SEO. That's how I'm going to start explaining it to people because I think then that registers. Because when you say keywords, people are like, what does that even mean? Is that like a hashtag? Kind of. Sort of. It involves hashtags. So, yeah. Um, I spent a lot of time putting in the research and the work to make that Pinterest PDF for you guys. So definitely make sure to check it out. But yeah, that's all I have to say as far as the introduction. So... Let's talk about my social media break because I got a lot of questions. I got a lot of DMs. I felt really weird after like the fourth week. There's a lot. So we're going to we're going to recap it all. 
So I guess the first thing that we should start with is like why I decided to do this. What was my motivation? What was my why behind this? Did I fall off my rocker? Like, what was it? So I was towards the end of the year, I would say starting in October, I was starting to feel really overwhelmed and confused and a little lost, super overworked. And there was a lot of things that like went into that. I mean, my grandma's, I mean, I'm not going to get into like everything, but like part of it was business related and other parts of it was, you know, personal, like my grandma and grandpa's health is really declining over the, like, since I would say the last like two years, but this year specifically, it's just been a downward, um, it's just going downhill. Like there's no way to make it sound any nicer than what it is. My grandma's currently in hospice. So I was just starting to feel like all of that kind of coming together. I would say the beginning of or the end of October, really. And I was consuming a bunch of other people's content, which made me feel like I wasn't doing anything right. And I've talked about this a few times on the podcast, like I am not immune to comparing myself and my business to other people. Um, I'm not immune to consuming other people's content. And I was getting angry. (laughs) And I'm not a very angry person to begin with. I mean, obviously I experience anger, but I don't, it's not common. Like it takes me, the only time I really get angry is like if my physical space I feel is like being intruded. Like if I feel physically threatened, that's when, that's like usually the only time I actually get angry, which again is not common. So I was really noticing just like anger coming up every time I would go onto Facebook, especially like just reading the reading people's posts and then the comments in the posts and I just it felt like Craigslist on crack (laughs) like just a swamp of hot garbage like hot lava garbage and I typically take time off around the holidays to begin with and because I was just like experiencing that emotion and especially like I was having such a visceral reaction to Facebook, I was like, maybe we need to do something a little bit earlier. So usually between Christmas and New Year's, I take a break. Um, But this time Thanksgiving hit and I was like, we're done. We got to shut it down. (laughs) We got to figure something out. And so from Thanksgiving to January 1st, which is about six weeks, I did a lot. I like deleted Instagram off my phone. I was still planning on like releasing content and working with people, but I wasn't going to be active or present on social media. And I did have a VA who helped me for the first couple of weeks, like keep up with podcasts and posting on my Instagram stories, like on my behalf. So I'm just going to walk you through what the weeks were like and what my experience was. And then I will give you guys some suggestions if you decide that you would like to do some type of social media detox slash break. Hopefully, you know, I don't know if this is going to inspire anyone to do it or if they're going to be like, I'll never do that. Or I can't even imagine. So right off the bat, the first week to two and a half weeks were hard. 
Um, especially like the first three days, I was like, this is dumb. What did I just commit myself to? I would literally have the, it wasn't even an impulse. It was like just a habit. Like it felt like, you know, when you wake up in the morning, whatever your morning routine is, like for me, I wake up every morning, I go to the bathroom, I brush my teeth, I wash my face, and then I sit back down to meditate. And I do that like... I don't even have to think about it. Like my body just goes through the motions. That is exactly how I am with social media and on my phone. At any time I would open my phone, it was check Instagram, check Twitter. I would open my laptop and I would check Facebook. And so it felt really weird to like not have those things. Um, And my intent of doing the, the social media break was never to isolate myself If anything, I wanted to find other ways to connect with people outside of social media, but I did start to feel super isolated those first, like, like I said, week, week and a half, because a lot of my friends are on the internet and we were talking like we were texting or we'd be on WhatsApp or Voxer, but do I sound like a loser? All of my friends are on the internet and I didn't have anyone to talk to. (laughs) So I did, but I did feel a little bit weird, like not having that perceived connection, if that makes any sense. Um, so yeah, I removed the apps from my phone so I wouldn't be tempted to look at them. I had to block them on my computer, which sounds scary, but it's really because, like I said, it just became a habit. And just when I opened my laptop or I checked my phone, that's just like, where I was going, you know? Um, So week three and four were pretty easy because at that point it was holiday time. So um, Christmas Eve, Christmas, my mom came down like the week before. So we were super busy shopping and cooking and just like spending time together as a family. So I really wasn't on my phone much. Like I really didn't have to think about like social media because we were just so busy it just like I didn't think about it like it wasn't a thing at all um I did get sick um I want to say it was like a few days before Christmas um I was only sick for like one day I don't know if I had just like allergies or head cold or whatever but that really sucked because I didn't realize like because again like I was busy and then I wasn't busy so I was like, okay, what do I do? I'm just laying here. And usually I would be on social media. And I realized that like, that is such a comforting and soothing thing to just like be able to feel that connected, but also just laying on the couch or laying in bed. So those, that was like a kind of a mind trip in its own because you're like, you don't want to rely on social media to be something that is soothing to you. Um, so I kind of had to do a little bit of work around that. Um, but yeah, like I said, those two weeks were really busy and I really didn't spend a lot of time on my phone just in general, like checking emails or texting. So like I said, I had already pre-recorded and uploaded all my podcasts until December 30th. So I didn't have much work to do on my phone at all. So by the fifth and sixth week, at this point, I kind of forgot that social media existed. Like it just wasn't part of my day anymore. I wasn't waking up reminding myself to not check my phone, which was something that I was like doing because I would write when, not right when I would wake up, but like after my meditation, I would always check my phone. Like 
in a weird twisted way it was like my meditation was my reward for being able to to get on social media and so I kind of had like I stopped that habit completely obviously because I wasn't on social media but it this the whole experience kind of just reminded me like I didn't have to check my phone first thing in the morning and I wasn't wondering what other people were doing. I wasn't concerned about anything pertaining to what other people were doing, which is nice because I can, like I said in earlier, like I can really easily slip into that mode of comparing myself. And the last week was honestly so chill. Like I started cleaning out and donating a bunch of clothes and kitchen items and like just things that I wasn't using anymore. I organized a bunch. I started planning content and writing for new things in the new year. I felt like I was getting a lot of little things done that kind of added up to feeling really good and it was all without social media. Um, and I would say because I knew I was going to come back on the first, I started getting a little bit antsy like the day before New Year's Eve. Like I was like, oh my gosh, I should just check. Like I'm so close. Like I should just get back on. Like who cares? Whatever. But I got, I had that thought and then I got busy. Like I had to drive to Goodwill and I was like, okay, whatever. Like I forgot about it. Although (laughs) I do have to say, so I want to be transparent and honest. So I did cheat once or twice. I was using my friend's phone one night and we were just hanging out and I was like, I really want to watch some Instagram stories of one of my celebrity crushes, (laughs) which I won't tell you who it is because if I actually meet him one day, And then he just like happens to listen to this exact episode at this exact timestamp. I would, I would die. (laughs) And I would ruin my chances Um, because he is single as of right now in 2020. Do I sound like a 14 year old girl? Like all giddy. He's my celebrity crush. Okay. We can all have one. We're all allowed to have one. I think it's okay. He's going to be my hall pass. Like, even if I have a boyfriend or, and get married or get married and have like a husband, like I'm going to have to have a hall pass because it's like, babe, like if he, you know, makes any attempts or advances, like, I don't know. I, I don't know what would happen. I feel like, am I the only one that feels this way? Um, so I only watched his Instagram stories and then that was it. I didn't check up on my own profile or like read my DMs or anything like that. Um, but even pertaining to that, it was like all in good fun. Like my friend and I, like she knew, like we knew what we were doing and I didn't use this failure as an excuse to just go back to using social media or cheat even more by going into my account or like looking at other people's like social media accounts. I just accepted it and had the fun and (laughs) moved on and woke up the next day. Oh my god, if anyone finds out who my slub crush is and oh my god, I would die. I would die. I can't tell. I like, okay, this is the thing. It's like, what if it I actually meet him one day? Like I would flip. Oh my god. (laughs) It's possible. Okay. I really believe it is possible and I don't know if that's psychotic (laughs) or what but anyway um if you're 
Welcome back to the podcast. She's back. Anyway, so if you're thinking about doing a social media detox, here's what I would suggest. Number one, have a plan. How long are you going to do it for? How are you going to do it? Set the parameters for yourself. Is it only going to be certain platforms like Facebook and Instagram? Or like, what does that entail? So someone told me Snapchat isn't a social media platform. And I was like, okay, sure. But whatever, like maybe that's your opinion. For me, it was, I considered it one. So I deleted the app off my phone. The second thing is have activities to keep you occupied. So I think it got easier as as time went on because I had things to do like Christmas stuff with my family and cooking. And I also had projects that I wanted to get done, like cleaning out my closet and going to Goodwill and like just organizing a bunch of stuff. And if I didn't have those things, I think I would have been a little, I would have been miserable to be honest. Um, So yeah, have things to work on. I was also surrounded with like friends and family during that time because of the holidays. So it was easier to be present and I didn't really have time to think about not being on social media. If it wasn't the holiday time, I don't know, like buy puzzles or (laughs) like arts and crafts so that that's what you would want to work on and not like be on your phone. Um, The third thing is just acknowledge that you might have temptations and slip ups. Like I said, when I went on to my girlfriend's phone, I knew what I was doing and I didn't use it as an excuse to keep like cheating and going and going and going. I just acknowledged what I did and I kept going. Um, It's okay to mess up and want to check your messages or like or your feed. It happens, but just return back to that mindset as quickly as you can. Overall, would I do it again? Maybe, but I'm not sure I would go for six weeks again. I've only been back for a week and I can tell I feel a little bit different about social media and that may change over time like all things do and so maybe I want to spend some more time away but I think for me personally the whole point of this break was that I wanted to find a better way for me to use social media a way that like allows me to grow my business and make connections but not be so consumed with it and have such anxious energy around it. So going off social media didn't solve all of my problems. It didn't t- make my anxiety go away, but it did make me less anxious because I wasn't thinking about what other people were doing, how I was perceived by other people, and I wasn't consuming a lot of content, positive or negative. Like, Even with positive content, I think sometimes what ends up happening is like when we internalize that content, if someone's like, if you're feeling anxious, do the following things. And then you're like, well, shit, I'm not doing those things. And then you feel like shit. And so even if it is a good post or a positive or uplifting post or series or person that you're following, sometimes the way that we ingest it can be in a negative way like broccoli I love broccoli but you know what raw broccoli does not do it's just not a good situation for my stomach okay we'll put it that way even though broccoli is a great vegetable it just doesn't feel good when I eat it 
raw. I need it steamed. I need it baked. I need it roasted. And we're all Gucci. So I kind of feel like that's the same with like social media is just how you digest it. (laughs) It's such a horrible analogy. One of the things that I did do a lot of over the social media break, mostly because I had so much free time. I'm not, I, this is like, I didn't mention this, but like you realize how much free time you actually have when you're not on social media. Like I get it now. I get why Beyonce gets so much stuff done because she's not sitting up on her throne, scrolling through Instagram, checking up on Facebook, on Twitter. Like Beyonce is out there working and she's hustling. And that was kind of like how I felt. So I had a lot of free time. And what I did with that free time, especially in the evenings, is I read and I picked up the book, Why She Buys, by Bridget Brennan. I'm going to include the link down below so you can grab your own copy if you're interested. I bought the used version that was like five bucks with prime, like free prime shipping. I think if you buy a new copy, it's like 10 or 12 bucks. Um, And it was actually a book that someone I follow, her name is Angie Lee. You should definitely go follow her. Um, She also has a podcast and she has this really big event in San Diego called Pays to be Brave. And she has been posting about this book since I started following her maybe a year, year and a half ago. And she, at the time that I ordered it, she had recently talked about it and I was like, I need to just buy this book. So I did. And I'm really, really glad that I picked up a copy. So let's talk about it. Um, Essentially, the book is about women and how marketing is generally geared towards men or it's created by men for women. And there's a lot of problems with that. I'm not going to get into like gender, gender roles, socioeconomic status, like men versus women, because that is not what this book is about at all. But it basically talks about how women actually control the purse strings. So for the first time in history, more women are partaking in the workforce, right? Um, And so they not only have their own money to spend, but they also have a combined income if they have a partner or spouse. So Brennan estimates that women make up 80% of purchasing decisions in a household. That is crazy. Um, One of my favorite examples from the book was at the beginning, she talks about how a car company um, made a bunch of men in charge of marketing for this new particular car. I'm not going to say the company's name really, cause I'm not here to, you know, like what if they want to sponsor me one day? I don't want to ruin my chances. Um, but they, this company, this car company created an ad campaign that showed this car driving at night in kind of like a creepy, scary, elusive way. And they used in the campaign, they used the words, CPR for the dead of night. And it doesn't sound that bad, right? Well, the vehicle that this company was advertising was a family car. So it had three row seats, which like seats seven people, a mini fridge, extra cargo room. So 
it was a family vehicle. Like this is for families, like babies, little kids, toddlers. So perhaps using the words dead (laughs) and CPR and driving down dark alleyways isn't going to make women feel safe or comfortable transporting their families. So do you see what I mean here? Even if, I mean, big if, because women can buy their own cars with their own money or combined income, but even if the husband was going was going to be the one purchasing the vehicle, the wife who's going to be the primary driver is going to be like, what the heck is this? So the words, images, and overall vibe of marketing have to appeal to women, especially if they are your target demographic. And one of the things that I really love about this book is that it's not just her opinion. She actually has data, statistics, facts that have like been done, like studies that have been done to support her argument. And even though this book was written, I want to say, let me look really quick. I want to say 2009. Yeah, 2009, 2011. Um, it is still relevant information. Um, She also has a new book that just came out. I don't know the name of it, um, but I'll probably end up reading that one as well. But I think she has amazing insights, especially if you're a gentleman. You might be using words, adjectives that you're like, oh, this will get her attention. This will attract her to my program or my product or my blog. Uh, probably not. <laughs> so I would definitely suggest picking up a copy of this book. And It's a really easy read. I think it's super entertaining. I think it's only like less than 300 pages. So it shouldn't take you very long or buy the audiobook on Audible or um, the Apple store. But just pick up a copy and definitely take some notes because I'm sure you're going to learn a lot. Again, I will include the link, the Amazon link um, down below if you want to pick up a copy. I'm also going to be posting a blog post in the next couple of hours, the day this episode is published. Um, I'm going to post a blog post on my blog. Blog post on my blog? What? See? Okay, I like held it to the whole episode and now I'm like, what am I saying? Uh, <laughs> um... So definitely make sure to go and check that out. I will link it down below. And if you guys like hearing about business books, because I know they are kind of hit or miss. There are some people, some business books, people are like, you have to read this. And I read it and I'm like, it wasn't that great, but okay. Um, Let me know and I can start incorporating some reviews into the podcast. I tend to not, I try not to read too many business books because I do like to read just for the fun of it like the actual literary um, what am I what's the word I'm looking for my brain is going I like reading because to me it it is like a way to kind of decompress after the day and and I love storytelling in general um so not every book that I read is like business or like self-help or anything like that sometimes I really do like to read just stories um But business books are fun and they are great. And I would love to maybe incorporate reviews into the podcast. I was actually gifted a business book by one of you guys, a podcast listener over the holidays. And I'm going to start reading it now because I finished Why She Buys. And the book that I was gifted is written by his long 
part-time um, online business mentor who also happens to have his own podcast. So I'd really like to talk about it when I'm done reading it. And I've read the first couple of pages and I can already tell that I'm going to like it. Um, so yeah, I'm super excited about that. And I think that's all I had to say. I missed you guys so much. I will be back next Wednesday with a new episode. So I'll talk to you then. All right. Be kind, be well, be grateful. Love you. Mean it. Bye.